Not sure, but there's both opinions that, that he does both. So the Ben Ishchai brings a question. He says, we need to try to understand why Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to have the whole Torah, and he says it's his opinion is the whole Torah, read specifically at this time of year. Why now? He says, why not during Pesach? Why not during Shavuot, which would make more sense? He says, why specifically at the holiday of Shavuot, at the end of the Shemitah? And then he says, and he quotes the Mephashim, and he says that the people, that the Mephashim explained, the rabbis explained, that the purpose of Shemitah, so Shemitah is basically you leave the land uh, to sit on its own, you don't work. He says, what's the purpose? That we should all know, Hashem Ha'aretz Umloa. That Hashem belongs the land and everything in it. That Hashem owns everything. We own nothing. He goes further and he says, and the rabbis quote that this proves that we are considered servants of Hashem and not children of Hashem. Why? He says, because a child doesn't have the right to to, to disconnect himself from his father's inheritance. He says he, he can't relinquish his claim. But a servant can. So he says the whole idea of Shemitah is to prove that we're considered not Banim Lashem, but Avadim Lashem, servants to Hashem. But that question comes, is okay, so he says, but he, he still doesn't answer the question, but why specifically then does it happen at the time of, of, uh, of Sukkot? So then he goes further and he gives you an opposite, a whole opposite, which is generally what the Benish Chai does. He gives you two opposites. He quotes it from Midrash Vayikra Rabbah. He says that the, the uh, fate of B'nai Israel is compared to two individuals who go before a judge and they leave the judge and they don't know what the verdict is. So we go to Hashem on Rosh Hashanah, but we really don't know what the verdict is. He says, and they continue and they wait, and we still don't know what the verdict is. But then you see that one of the sides is marching around with his love and a drug hanging high above and in happiness, and you know that he won. He says, and therefore the Torah commands us, you should take for you. Why take for you? Because by taking for you, it proves that you won the case. That Hashem forgave you whatever he was going to forgive you after you prayed on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Goes further, he says, and the, the, the Gemara Kiddushin in 32a proves from here that this means that Hashem must be like your father because only a father can relinquish his honor to his son. So the father is going to say, okay, I, I excuse my son. I'm going to let him off the hook so therefore, this proves, the holiday of Sukkot proves that God is considered our Father. So comes the Ben Yishlai and says, so which one is it? Is it Hashem is our Father? Or is it Hashem, or are we children to Hashem? Or are we servants to Hashem? And then he goes further and he says, and then if this is proving that we're children to Hashem, and that's in Sukkot, then why specifically do we have Hakel to come in Sukkot and Shemitah to prove that we don't, that he's not out, that, that we're servants. And he says that a person can be the child of Hashem and then he loses his way. 
And when he loses his way, what brings him back? The Torah. So he has the opportunity at Shemitah to remember that, hey, if I don't behave, I'm considered a servant and not a child. And at that point, he can come back. And the Gemara here quotes specifically, it says that when, we're, when we follow the rules of Hashem, we're considered his children. When we don't follow the rules of Hashem, we're considered servants. The question then continues, is it, is, it, is it terrible to be considered a servant of Hashem? And the problem I have with that whole idea is very simple. Who's, who's called Evan Hashem? Moshe, Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu. Hashem. So if Moshe Rabbeinu is called Evan Hashem, and that's supposed to be the greatest uh, compliment you could have, then, then, then what's, the, what's the idea? So I started looking for, for different, different Mephashim to see what they, what they thought. So I, so I saw... I saw from uh, from Rav, uh, Rav Eliyahu Lopian. So Rav Eliyahu Lopian, he gives you a mashal to explain the difference between Ben and Evid. And here he's really saying that our goal really always has to be to be considered a Ben, a son, not a not an Evid. And he says he, he gives this uh, this mashal. He says that it's Erev Pesach, the day before Pesach, and you walk into the hardware store. And in the hardware store, you see the store is filled with people. People are trying to buy the last minute things they need for Passover, pata, this or that, another thing. He says, and in the, in the store, you notice there's like chaos, but there's this young kid, and he's running, helping someone to put their packages in the car. And then he's running back to go behind the register to help someone wrap something up. Then he runs in the back to grab something from the stock room. Then he runs up front to do something else. And you see this kid is running back and forth, back and forth, like, like just trying to get the whole place going. He says, then you go next door to the grocery store. And there's chaos in the grocery store. And there's people online and people trying to pay their bills and people trying to get something and people trying to ask for something and people have no idea. He says, and there you see a young guy in the back and he's sitting there doing accounting. He's sitting there doing the books. All this is going on around him. And he's not moving, he's just doing his job. He's doing the books. He says, what's the difference between the two? He says, one of the people asked, why is this kid, why is this kid? He said, the kid in the hardware store, his father owns the store. So he's doing everything he can to keep the store going. The other one is getting paid from nine to five. So he's there just to get paid. He says, the difference between Banim and, and Abadim is this. He says, a servant, this is, this is Rabbi Eliyahu Lopian, he says, a servant prays three times a day, but he's reciting words. He's not thinking much about them. A servant buys an etrog, builds a sukkah, but he doesn't spend much time or too much money to make them beautiful. A servant studies Torah, even learns Gemara, but he doesn't make an extra special effort. He said, a son is different. A son fulfills Hashem's will with joy, he always goes beyond the letter of the law and he does everything he can to improve the prospects of the family business. He says, because he's part of it and it's part of him. So Rabbi Eliyahu Lopian says, what do we have to do? If we show the commitment to Hashem, then Hashem will consider us a son. If we show the commitment to be part of the family business and to do what we can, then Hashem will make us to consider us a son. And he says there's no comparison. Always you want to be more. You want to be the son before you want to be the, the servant. So then I went to the Zohar. Is that 
Right. So, so he does. He doesn't touch it, and that's the problem because all the people who seem to tell you banimatem is the best thing don't touch the other the other side of the equation. I, I mean, that, not that I can find. I had to find someone else to come with the other answer. So I went to the Zohar and the Zohar in Pashat Behar. It, it says as follows: the Zohar is very interesting because the Zohar tells us that we have to be both eved and ben. Now, the, the way Rabbi Avitan, my rabbi, used to explain it, he said, Eved relates to an aspect of Yirat Hashem, fear of God, while Ben relates to the aspect of Ahava, love of God. He says, but if you only have love, then sometimes you say, eh, it's my dad, he's going <laughs> to forgive me. Well, it doesn't matter if I do this or that or the other thing, he's not <clears> going <throat> to mind. So he said that you really have to have both aspects, which seems to be what the Zohar is saying. Because the Zohar says that the aspect of Eved, or servant, connects us to Malchut. And the aspect of Ben connects us to Zerampin, which is a higher level. So he says that when a person accepts on himself the aspect of Eved, he's called Adon Kol Haaretz. Master of all the land. Why master of all the land? Because Aretz is related to this aspect called Malchut. He says that, that when you draw light from Chochmah, from Malchut, he says then you take that light up to the level of Zerampin, he says, and that person is considered a son. He says, the servant occupies himself with the work of spiritual connections, prayers and praises, below the level of Zerampin, in Malchut. He says, it's needed in Mahfud to activate the upper levels. You need the aspect of servant. He says, and that's why the servant is called Adon Kol Haaretz. He says, but you also need the aspect of sun to connect from the lower level to the upper level. So servant is doing the job that needs to be done in the world we live in. But in addition to servant, you need sun to connect the power, so to say, the power, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the electric company, whatever, to the, to the, to the place below. That's the, Zohar, that's the Zohar's explanation. So now I, I went to go, I went to look, what does Rabbi Yaakov Hillel bring on this Zohar? So I saw Rabbi Yaakov Hillel, he said that a person has to understand, they can't misinterpret that it's a bad thing to be a servant. He says it's easy to misinterpret that. Where does he explain it from? He says, what? Huh? He says that a servant, he says that, 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 that we know the, the classic servant is Eved Ivri. He says, and what do we do with the Eved Ivri? If the Eved Ivri, Eved Ivri is a guy, basically he didn't have enough money to pay his bills, or maybe he stole something, did something wrong, and he has to sell himself as a, as a servant in order to, for six years. At the end of six years, if he says, I love my wife, I love my children, meaning the Canaanite woman that he was put together with and the Canaanite children that he had from this woman and his master, I don't want to go free. We take him and we put him by the door and we pierce his ear with the awl. And Rashi says, why do we pierce his ear? Because... On Har Sinai, Hashem said, you're servants of mine, and he wants to be a servant of someone else. 
So Rabbi Yaakov asks a question. He says, but you could say that with any mitzvah in the Torah. Every mitzvah that a person doesn't do, you could say, Hashem said on Har Sinai, and the person didn't do, so pierce his ear. Why this one more than any other? So he says that our job in life is to be a evit to Hashem, is to be a servant of Hashem. He says, and when we're not, when we decide to be a servant to somebody else, then we're no longer a servant to Hashem. He says, we actually step away from Hashem. He says that a person has to understand in this world what he's capable of, what he's capable of, and how much he can do to make a difference in the world. And he brings a very interesting uh, explanation. He says, we said that Hashem took us from the slavery of Egypt to be slaves of Hashem. What's so special about the slavery of Egypt? He says, in reality, the people who were in Egypt didn't deserve to be in Egypt. What did they do wrong? They're there because Abraham said something. They're there because they're a Gilgul of uh, this or that or the other. What did they do so wrong? So he says something that I thought was remarkable. He said that the goal of Egypt was to go through the fire of Egypt, the smelting, which is what the rabbis call it, the smelting pot of Egypt, to realize what we're capable of, how much we could handle, and how much we could do. And then he brings as, a, as, a, as an equivalent, he says, and this is, the, this is the reason that the people were sent to Siberia under Stalin, to realize how much they could handle and how great human person is and how much they could do in this world. And then he says the same thing about, he talks about the concentration camps. He says the people you see who came from the concentration camps, they probably were the strongest people you could ever imagine. Why? Not because they were born stronger, because they got to the point to understand that they had the strength to deal with this, they could deal with anything. He said that a person in this world has to understand how much he's capable of. And the idea of being servant to Hashem is for a person to do everything he can. And then he, he goes on and he says, and the difficulty in our life is that we're all spoiled. We go to bed with not one pillow, two pillow, three pillow, comforter, uh, feather thing on top. He, he goes through the whole list of all of the luxuries of life. And he says, because of that, sometimes we lose the aspect of what it means to be a servant to Hashem. So Rabbi Yaakov Hillel is saying that it's a very high level to be a servant of Hashem. And the, that, that idea of being a servant of Hashem is because we have to see what we're capable of. Now you go, but he, he then he doesn't really, he didn't explain the Moshe aspect. So, I found, I was trying to find that, where am I going to find it? I couldn't find any of the Rishonim who were talking about it. So I saw something beautiful that Rabbi Sachs wrote a number of years ago. And I think he really touches, really touches upon what the, what the answer is. He says that, you know, in the rest of the world, the leader is the alpha male. The alpha male, the guy who wants to be in charge, the guy who wants to be better, the guy who wants to tell everyone else what to do. He says, but in Judaism, leadership is not about that. He says, in Judaism, leadership is about serving. He says, leadership is not a matter of status, but of function. A leader is not one who holds himself higher than those he leads. 
He says that in, 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 in Judaism, the leader is the one who's willing to do anything that he could do for other people. It says that Moshe, the highest honor he has is Eved Hashem. He's called this on his death and no less than 18 times in the Tanakh. The only other person who's called an Eved of Hashem is the servant of Moshe, who is Yoshua bin Nun, and he gets called that twice. He says that, Note, we're all Hashem's servants. The Torah says, To me, the Israelites are servants. They are my servants who I brought out of Egypt. So it's not that Moshe was different than anyone else. It's that he epitomized it to the utmost degree. The less there is of the self in one who serves Hashem, the more there is of God. Moses was the supreme example. Exactly. A person has to be able to do himself. In Judaism, a leader is the servant of Hashem, not of the people. But neither is he their master. Only Hashem is their master. So he says, what's the high level of a leader? Is that I make myself nothing. I make myself down to nothing. I was just thinking about that today. Mm-hmm. That Absalom was an uber alpha man. Brilliant, beautiful looking, and take charge. In fact, he was able to convince uh, most of his father's cabinet to come to his side. Right. You know, a brilliant kid, but he was an alpha. And that was his problem. Right. Even the idea of the beauty with the hair and the whole thing. And right. compare him to his father. And exactly. what does his father say? His father was a servant. I'm nothing. Right. Three people, Abraham, Moshe, and, and David. So ju- just to finish that. So just to, just to finish and say, how do we take this forward now? We have the... We have this week. So, I, so on Monday, you got a book to your house, I got the book to my house. Malcolm Gladwell, new book from Malcolm Gladwell, Talking to Strangers. So I start reading this, this book from Malcolm Gladwell. And the beginning of the book, basically, what is he saying? He's saying that we can't read other people. That half the time, even experts can't judge if a person is telling the truth or if a person is lying. And he brings an example about this, this Cuban spy who decides to defect. He defects, he's in Eastern Europe, he comes to Vienna, he comes to the American embassy and he asks for an older Cuban spy to come debrief him. This guy comes and meets him and basically this Cuban spy tells him all 25 American spies working for the CIA in Cuba Here's the list. They all work for Cuba as double agents. Now the problem with that is, how can you have every single American spy being run by the CIA, who are are supposed to be the experts in spies and lies and everything, not a single one of them was really working for America. They're all working for the Cubans. And he goes through a whole bunch of examples of us not being able to see the truth. So you see, so you start to, I start to think, you know, if you can't see the truth in someone else, where does that start? That maybe you can't see the truth in yourself. Then I picked up another book that's sitting by my bed. It's Elie Wiesel, Souls on Fire. So Elie Wiesel has, aside from his novels, he has a, a bunch of cool books that he writes on biographies of, of different people. He has one book that's biographies of the Tanaim. He has another book of biographies of Rishonim, and he has a book called Souls on Fire, which is basically biographies 
of Hasidic masters, Hasidic rabbis. And he writes about them, but he also writes about them somewhat from the perspective of his grandfather. Because his grandfather was a Rijnizer... Rijnizer. R, 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 H, I. How do you say it? Rijnizer. Rijnizer, R, H, I. Or it's Rijnizer. And he was that kind of Hasid. And he talks about his grandfather, he looked. And you look at, at some of these Rebbe's, right? And you see what, how unbelievable it is, how they could look into a person and see what they're all about. But how do they have that? So as I'm sitting there talking about it, my son Jonah is there. Jonah went to Nativ uh, You know, Nativ is Rabbina. So probably three or four weeks into school, one of his friends, Avi Dweck, with three other kids, decide, are you crazy? We're not staying here. It's 11 o'clock at night. We're going to Ben Yehuda Street. We're going to go drink. No one's going to tell us that there's a, there's a curfew. This is ridiculous. So the four kids leave school. They walk through the, through the Rova, up the top to the hill to where you get the taxi. They see a white Mercedes. Abies opens the back door. The door's locked. He knocks on the window so the guy should open it. And the window opens. Who's in the back seat? Rabbina. <laughs> he says, Rabbina. He says, where are you going? Okay, where are you going? We're going to... I have to go home. I live in Queens. You have to. I, yeah, I did, but I okay. covered you good nicely. Okay. But it's okay, you can also give That's me. my boss. He wanted to give me. So, no, give me, go ahead. It's one pocket. Shalom, I love you. I, I took, you're hungry? You're okay? I, I ate, yeah, but... Yeah. Okay. So, so, I love you. I love you. Be careful. Be careful. Bye. So, so he says. So, so what I'm thinking about as I'm, you know, reading the the Eli Wiesel book. In order for them to understand someone else, book, huh? they have to be able to see the truth about themselves. So maybe one of the things that we have to try to do during these seven days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is try to strip away, to strip away who we are, who we are, what we're all about. I said that one of the things I said, I believe the shofar, the message of the shofar is the word ayeka. The first time we heard the word kol, it's kol relating to Adam HaRishon, and what Hashem says to him is ayeka, where are you? So you have to think, where am I? Where am I holding in this world? What am I doing? Where do I want to be? Am I willing to be a servant? Am I willing to go to the higher level to be a son? What does it take to be that? The first thing we have to do is be modeh. We have to be able to admit. And the only way we're going to be able to admit is if we're willing to peel away and say, hey, there's truth here, and this is what the truth has to be, and this is what I have to be willing to do. And only then could a person be ozev, and then, which means to leave what he did, and finally to be Yerucham. So I, I what, tried to... What did the, the Rebbe said to, yeah. the, to, the, to the kids? He looked at he just looked at them and they, they that was it. They ran back to school and they knew that there's no way they're getting anywhere ever because he's there. But how could he know that these kids are gonna go that minute to that? Maybe he sat there every night. I don't know. But I heard a lot of stories about it. You all heard a lot of stories about it. But I say that you have to be able to look into someone and see, but you can't look into them until you can look into into yourself and see who you are. So I think the bottom line, we have to try to achieve the level of, of Ben to Hashem. And how do you achieve the level of Ben? The level of through Ahava. But I think before you can achieve the level of Ben, really the Zohar is saying you can't start at Ben. You have to start at Evid. And the only way you can start at Evid is if you're really willing to say it's not about me. It's not about me. And the problem in our life is everything's about me. 
Yes. So well, it's still problematic, right? I mean, that Moshe was called Ebed. If Ben is the Abba, which could be a higher level, the Zohar says that it's above Malchus. That how we how we calling Moshe only Ebed. Because Mo- Moshe maybe if, uh, he perfected the aspect of Eved, which is nullifying the self, which do, will any of us be capable of doing? And maybe the only reason we get to be Ben is because God smiles at us and says, ah, I'll take you in, I'll take you in. The only way to try to sometimes understand the idea of Ben is that, is, is, is you know, you know the, the story a lot of rabbis will tell on the holidays, they're going to tell you, you know, what's, the whole, what's the whole holidays about? A kid runs away from home, and he runs to the other side of the country, and he starts doing drugs, or he joins a cult, and the parents are trying to get him, and they hire someone to bring him back from the cult. And four years later, the phone rings. And the phone rings, and the kid says, Hey, Dad, this is Joe. Joe, where are you? I'm in Arizona. Joe, Joe, can you get back? No, Dad, I, I could only get to, I think I get to Chicago. I get a lift to Chicago. Okay, I'll, I'm going to Chicago. I'll meet you in Chicago. I'll get to Chicago. That's the idea that we're supposed to try. We have to try to think of Hashem as our Father to get to that level. But I think before we really could get to that level, what he's saying is that we really have to try to get to the level of... So, as Lahapi, was anybody called... Ben? We don't see, because we even see... Abraham Abraham is called Adon. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I said Lahapi. That was good. I didn't even think of that. Right, right, right. So, but we have we all, we see a number of times in the Torah. What does it say? Banimatem la Hashem elokechem. Hashem is saying it over and over again to us. That's what we say during the, the shofar. But that's based on the pesukim from the Torah. Banimatem. So if Hashem is telling you banimatem, who has to convince us that we're banim? We do. We do. So I think there's two avenues. And maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's like the Rabbi Abitan and it said that some people can take one avenue, some people take another avenue. Maybe it's a different avenue available to each person. But both, both avenues are crucial. I think, you know, for Moshe, it became, it became almost titular, you know. It didn't mean that he wasn't, he wasn't a son, but he, he became a model for, for Evan. Just like, just like Yosef was a tzaddik, he became a title. Uh, it didn't mean that he was... Uh, he made mistakes, I'm sure he did. But, but he, you know, the, the title Tzaddik, you know, he became the model for Tzaddik. What, one, one example the rabbis give is if you're in your house and your father's in his room and he says, nobody come in the room. The son can't come in the room. But who could come in the room? His, his, uh, his the valet. The, the, the valet always has access <laughs> to the room. So sometimes maybe it's better to be the Evid than to be the son. So hopefully we all uh, try to achieve the level of Evid or at least the level of son. Shantel, no comments? Thank you for coming.